Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show. Too many independent small businesses fail. We're here to discuss what makes a difference between those founders who fizzle out and those who buzz and crackle and (coughs) fizzle with creativity, impact, potential, and purpose. Your hosts are, if we were Mexican food, this one comes from Jennifer Ray in Canada in an iTunes review, Caleb would be Salsa Verde. Subtle at first, and then he hits you when you least expect it. Chase would be a loaded burrito, a little feisty at times, but full of great ideas. And Corbett would be a good old plate of rice and beans. Always reliable and packed with hearty nutrition. Thank you, Jennifer Ray from Canada. In this episode, you've got a slew of ideas that you'd like to pursue. How do you know which one to pick? You've got invited to do a thing or an interview or a speaking gig or a partnership, something like that. How do you know when to say yes and when to say no? And you want to hustle down every opportunity that you get, but you don't want the opportunity cost to burn you out and put you in debt. That's what we're going to get into today, including the story of one of my projects that went up in smoke and a handful of tactics you can do today to know when and what to say no to. You can follow along at home at fizzleshow.co slash 54. I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps. So let's get into it. We just try to say things outrageous and um, offensive enough until Chase says the show has officially started. (laughs) (laughs) We're on a thread. Let's go for it. We're warmed up. Let's do it. (laughs) Corbett, Caleb, how's your father? Pretty good. Is that code for you want to have... Relations with me right now. Are you asking? If and you're checking to see if my, my father's. <laughs> I'm asking to out? see if your father is under your dress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not wearing a dress today. So, for anybody not uh, following along at home, we had there for Corbett always has all of these great little idioms that he comes out with because he was raised in Podunk, <laughs> Washington. <laughs> so it's a lot of a lot of pooping and tall cotton and a lot of you know five hands to a five ha- five hands make a horse and and how's your father. And how's your father? We looked up on Urban Dictionary, and we talked about this before, so that's all I'll say. Uh, the Urban Sh- Dictionary uh, definition of how's your father kind of took us for a wild ride there. It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So it is an idiom, and uh, we are idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Don't confuse the two, but they're both true. Exactly. All right, Caleb, tell me about what we're talking about today. So today, What have we won? What's that, Corbett? <laughs> tell us what they've won. They've won an episode about how to say yes or no. So when you have a lot of opportunities, a lot of ideas, maybe people emailing you for different projects you could work on, which ones you say yes to, which ones you say no to. And then a little bit later, we'll talk about how to actually say no, because there's a good way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it. So if this was like a Jeff Jeff Foxworthy bit, it would be, you know, you're an entrepreneur if you have ideas every goddamn day and you keep running off in different directions, right? You think like, oh, squirrel, there's a good one. Let's do that instead. Yeah. And you guys have this, right? But he would put a ta- he would put a punchline in that. Oh, crap. oh, burn! <laughs> Good one. Ju- he makes jokes. Oh, yeah, that's right. I no, got the keep, first part right. Keep going though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I, I I don't know. It feels like a curse sometimes. I think it's like I've called it the entrepreneur's curse. You yeah. just have ideas after ideas after ideas, and that's great. But it also makes it really hard to do the work that you need to be doing, which is. To build anything really great, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And you got to be committed to something for a long time. And most of us kind of, especially in the beginning, just jump from one idea to the next 
because the grass is always greener and you you find some flaw in what you started on yep. and you're like oh i got to scrap the whole thing or it gets smaller to you or it gets boring like, yeah, yeah you know cuz there's this this whole freshness thing with being an entrepreneur you just and it's absolutely a curse i mean we we talk to people all the time who are just like you'll catch up with them a month later and they're like, oh, oh yeah, 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 no, 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 I totally gave up on that thing. I'm going in a totally different direction now. Like this happens. Yeah. Like, it's like this is the sixth time. And sometimes that's a good thing. Yeah. When it, somebody, when when you talk to somebody, fast, yeah, yeah, when you talk to somebody and they tell you about your idea and you're like, oh, interesting. <laughs> but really, you're like, oh, that's not going to work out. But then they come back to you three months later and they're like, oh, I'm on a whole new thing. You're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah. So that's like maybe an example. Of yeah. To say I mean, yes. I have. You know, you you could follow me by the trail of my dead projects. Yeah. Just sitting around being like, oh. You shall know where Chase is. <laughs> exactly. Now, I think there's two scales to talk about here as well. There's the scale of new ideas being entirely new business projects. Okay. But then there's the scale of new ideas just being new things you want to do within your existing within business. business. Yeah. And that's something we struggle with all the time. I don't think lately we've had too many, I want to run off and do a completely new idea because we're pretty committed to what we're doing now with Fizzle. Yeah. But within Fizzle... We have, even even just now, it's like, we, we've been talking the past couple of days, Chase, while you're here in the Bay Area, about um, things we could be doing. And we know that right now, for the next three months, we're focused on one theme for the yeah. whole company, but it's easy to come up with ideas for, oh, I want to change this, or I want to do that. It's yep. just hard for us to focus sometimes. Yeah, there's there's just there's a million so things much you more be doing. Than, yeah. that we already want to do than we are able to do. Yeah. I know. And that, that, to me, that, that feels kind of like the curse of the entrepreneur. Like that feels a lot like it to me because there's just always more than you need. More than you, you got to You got to get like we were talking about last episode. You've got to get used to your expectations. You've got to you've got to adjust yourself internally for that because that when you start when you go through six months straight of that, you're going to feel like a failure. But you're not a failure. Yeah, you know, venture back companies can take a bunch of money and hire a bunch of people and do twenty five projects at once. But you are on your own. And you get to pick one. But even they can't. The, the yeah. weird thing is when you have a big organization, you can't necessarily accomplish a whole lot more. Or, you know, you pick one. Fast, yeah. good, or cheap. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or pick two, I guess. Caleb, you have this as well? Like, you feel like there's just ideas all the time? Yeah, and I wrote a post about this on the Spark line about, like, where good ideas come from and what you're supposed to do with them and the different stages of them. Mm-hmm. And the kind of five stages I came up with were you generate the idea, then you document it. Then at some point, you have to organize all these ideas. Then you have to cull them, which is, I don't know, it's basically get rid of all the bad ones and focus on the good ones, like we were talking about last week with you know which ones are priority or urgent. And then the fifth one yep. is you actually have to do something. You have to execute on whatever idea you have. Yep. And yeah, that's the fifth step. But if you don't do that step, you're not going to ever make anything. You're just going to be an idea guy. And it's like, that's not what you want to be. And I think that you go through different ideas, and I was just editing the founder story that's most recent for Fizzle with uh, John and Dana of Minimalist Baker, and Mm. they each did random blogs, random website projects and stuff before they both landed on Minimalist Baker, and they both took it completely serious together. So, you know, having ideas, working on them for a while, and quitting is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, let's talk about, like, why why people have ideas and why it feels so satisfying to have ideas. And there's this um, mistake, I think, that early entrepreneurs have in believing that the idea 
is the yeah. value in the thing that they're building. Yeah. And right. Derek Sivers has this incredible post. It's like one of my favorite blog posts ever. It's one of the only blog why posts. Why is he so good? Why is he so good? He's so good. I know, and he doesn't write very often now. That's a whole episode um, topic right there. That's, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> just, why yeah, is Derek Sivers episode. so good? Yeah. Um, I think he's good because his ideas are good. <laughs> or, yeah. And then we could use his own blog post to refute what we're thinking about mm-hmm. how good he is. Um, so this this blog post, which we'll link to in the show notes, is uh, I love saying that by the way because I have zero. You've never actual once work touched, to touched, on. You've never once touched a podcast episode. Yeah. After you send me your file, totally oh, not so a show awesome. note. So awesome. Not a nothing. At least so awesome. Caleb actually gives me some notes. Yeah. Here. I'm like the six-year-old who doesn't do anything. I don't have to clean up my dishes. Or <laughs> You're a real piece of work, Corbett. Yeah. You're a real piece of work. So anyway, uh, in the show notes, you'll find this link to a blog post by Derek Sivers called... Somehow. Somehow you'll find that. Somehow. It'll just appear magically, <laughs> magically because I want it to. Because the show notes fairy will inject it. <laughs> uh, it's called... I think it's called Ideas Are Just a Multiplier of Execution. Or at mm. least that's the idea. So an idea can be valuable, but not without execution. So think about it as an equation. You have idea and execution. And a really great idea might be worth something on a scale of 1 to 10, and execution might be something worth something on a scale of 1 to 10, or actually 0 to 10. Because if you have the greatest idea in the world, let's say it's worth 10 on this scale, and you have 0 execution, well, 10 times 0 is 0. And that's a thing that people get wrapped up in as entrepreneurs. They think they have the greatest idea in the world, And then they don't follow through on it, or they don't give it the execution that it deserves, and the value is never unlocked in that idea. So this is why venture capitalists won't sign non-disclosure agreements, because every idea that you've thought of, they've already heard of 10 times. And what really matters is if you have the stick-to-itiveness to go through the months and years of actually building out this idea. Yeah, they usually so invest in the person and the execution of what they built around the idea already, not the actual idea of like yep. a photo sharing app. Like that's not why they would invest in it. It's like Netflix for panties. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. For, Do you get, for oh, pa- like old Netflix when you got them in the mail, you mean? Yeah. You got to rent some? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, was trying to, I was like thinking of what the Q and the New, C and it was just yeah. weird. The Q. <laughs> it was just so weird. Play it now. So dancing panties everywhere. So we've we've kind of arrived that ideas aren't worthwhile without execution and execution takes a whole lot longer than ideas because yeah. just with chase here in the past day and a half we've come up with like a million ideas that would take us 10 years to execute um but we can't possibly do any of them or maybe more than one or two yeah so if that's the case you have all the these ideas then the trick really becomes knowing what to say yes to and knowing what to say no to but you really have to say no a hell of a lot more than you have to say yes because you get to say yes very few times what's your quote on saying yes Chase, it's something to the tune of of you know every yes that you say brings down the quality of every other yes in your life. Yeah, because you have a finite amount of time and a finite amount of like energy, you know, idea. You know, you have a finite amount of resources, time, emotion, energy, direction, friendships, things like this. So if you say yes to a million things, then you're giving only a one one millionth of yourself to any of those things. Yeah, potentially. And right? this is simplifying. And things. by saying yes to something, you're automatically saying. I'm not going to spend as much time on the thing that I'm already working on. Yeah, and you could prove a million caveats to this rule, but the truth—it's kind of like our talk about priorities last week. Yeah, you know, if you if you let it in, now that's a thing to you. Yep, that thing that thing's looking at you, saying like, "You owe me, pal." Yeah, you know, that's what a yes. That's what a yes is too. Yeah. So, how do you want to come about this, Caleb? How do you want to like you know 
feel out this idea. Well, do you want to start with how to decide what to say yes to or how to decide what to say no to? Let's start with no. Let's okay. start with no. So don't, I want to hear don't. an example of you guys that you said no to like in the last few years or something that maybe could have been a huge opportunity or was just an idea for something. I know Chase, you wanted to do a cigar blog. Wouldn't that be one? Yeah. Yeah. That's I mean, that's actually a good idea. I was thinking first of all of like, I say no to a, uh, we get a smattering of, of, you know, invitations to be on podcasts and interviewed and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I do is look at if they've published any episodes yet. You know, if they haven't, I just say, no, no, thanks. Or, 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 oh, you know, get back to me, get back to me like in a couple months. Um, because I'd love to be on any podcast, but I just don't want to do it for something that might not ever make it out the door. Yeah. You know, like I don't want to Mark Marin. Exactly. <laughs> like what I did to Mark Marin. He deserved it. And he did, and he had a blast. And he walked away with a bunch of cigars. So he's happy. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there was my, one of my earlier, uh, ideas that I started taking very seriously was a blog called cigar apprentice. And I was actually pursuing that with a buddy of mine. And, uh, we were in his, we were into cigars and it's really hard to get into cigars because you walk into a store and it's like walking into some wine stores or some comic shops or something like that, where it's like, so do you guys like know what you're looking for? Do you know what you want? And you're like, oh, I'm looking for something. Oh, so you don't know what you're looking for. Right. You know, and they, and they just, and either they're like, or you don't trust them at all. Either they're, they're, they're jackasses and they're like actual jerks or you don't trust them because they're just repping whatever yeah. whatever company gives them more money for every sale. And what you really want is the big, boisterous, old, crusty, half-drunk guy that's yeah. like, come here, son, let me show you. You got to oh, trust This is the best cigar. Yeah. Yes. No, but what you really want is you want a father or, an, or grandpa or an uncle yeah. who like actually smokes, who actually has spent a lot of money on this over the last 30 years. He's like, no, no, here's where you need to get in. Romeo E. Julieta, Reserva Real, or the CAO, or the whatever, you know what I mean? Yep. Go for something like this, light, get used to the flavors, understand here's the rules of cigar. As soon as you start getting woozy, Caleb, just like what I did with you last time, we, we took Caleb up to Tahoe and it was, uh, yeah. and it was like a, it was like a how-to cigar fest. Um, we should have filmed so, it. it Chase and I, your new blog. Chase and I were basically arguing, we were like, like elbowing each other out to give Caleb advice on, <laughs> on cigars. So because it meant so much to me, like to actually learn this stuff and it was so much hard, so difficult to do so. And it can be such a rewarding, uh, I, I guess I won't call it a profession, but I'd like to, uh, that I wanted to start a blog about this because it was hard to teach this stuff. I had learned a lot about it. It was, I felt like something I could do. This was very, like I could, a thing I could do. There were other cigar blogs that proved that the market existed. You know, I could make money off of affiliate sales potentially or something like that. There was, there was potential revenue. It wasn't a bad business. It wasn't a bad business idea. And the reason why I eventually said no to it is because I had a one year old son. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a second. Do I really want to be the cigar guy right now in my life? You won't have to smoke them and test them all. And exactly. I'm 27 years old. I barely have any time. For you were <laughs> to do, I was to do any anything on on the side, let alone to smoke cigars and like tell you which one's better and yada 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 and all this other stuff, right? So eventually, I, I I just found myself smoking less and less because I was dadding more and more, and so that's of course when Cigar Apprentice died and Father Apprentice was born. Um, but that was a re- like, that was a lifestyle reason why I had to say no to that thing, or I eventually let it fizzle out. Um, so that would be mine. Where, where would you go? Caleb? 
I was hoping you'd go with Corbett next. Uh, probably. <laughs> Come on, you're on the hot seat. So uh, before I even got into blogging, it was me and three of my friends. We wanted to make an iPhone game or like an iPhone app. And so one of us had coding experience. One was good with like graphics and design. Another one was good with like animation and modeling and stuff. And so we tried to do it for a while, probably a month or two. We had meetings. We like planned out what the game was going to be. We started doing some code and stuff. And then eventually kind of all of us are just like, you know, we all have too much going on. This is something that I don't really want to spend my free time doing. And the chance of success for it was kind of just too slim when we were all just putting in like five to 10 hours a week on it. So we all just kind of collectively decided not to do it anymore. Hmm. This is interesting because we're, we're talking about how to say no, but, and I think you can assume that saying no means upfront. You're like, Nope, can't do that. And you move on right away after you think of it. But in both of these cases, I think there's been a lot more than just thinking about the idea and then moving on. I think, in your case, Caleb, you actually worked on it for a month. In yours, Chase, I think you did some work on that idea. Right? I, I just found, I just looked up on Flickr and I found <laughs> I did a lot of work. Yeah, so I found I'll put this in the show notes as well. A uh, uh, the design that I had coded up, like I had this whole site coded up, and it's actually I mean even though and, it's ten year, five years old or whatever. And don't you feel like um, some of this is necessary? Like you actually have to let yourself run with the idea yeah. a little bit and flesh mm-hmm. it out and feel what it feels like to try yeah. it on before you realize it's not the best direction for yeah, you. Yeah, there is a, there is something to that and w- far better to do that than to than to just talk about it with your friends for forever or to when someone asks you when you're at WDS and someone goes like so what are you doing like oh yeah I'm I'm like building this blog for like people who want to learn how to smoke cigars and then yeah yeah yep. and then the next year you have the same answer and it's still not out. Yeah. Uh, you know like better better to like Say, try something get into it like go, I tried go that deep, and I decided not to because fail like, fast exactly. Yeah. And, yeah and we specifically got into that stuff like people were drawing models like i said uh, our coder was coding stuff and i was like planning out the game and the menus and all that kind of stuff yeah. and it just got to the point where we just didn't feel like we had the momentum and that we were going to actually finish the project so we just scrapped it right there and what's kind of mm-hmm. funny is it was going to be a game that we were going to just call rocket man and then there was a really successful iphone game called jetpack joyride and we're oh, all like oh one. man that was our game <laughs> yeah <laughs> nice so Caleb like, Watcher. The idea game could maker. have worked if we could have beat those other people, but it's well, like we the, all weren't committed enough. We all had full time jobs. And stuff yeah. Like that. And that's the thing. That's yeah. the hard, hardest part about saying no is that there are a lot of good ideas out there. There's no reason why. <laughs> I just saw the tagline. For what? The tagline for Cigar Apprentice. <laughs> what? All of the cigar, none of the Tommy Bahama. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> it's always to me that's it's so funny that's always what makes the design oh that's good to we me, just lost like, our Tommy well, Bahama contention that little bit of 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 tomfoolery in the tagline or something is like okay it's a good design now yeah yeah all the cigar yeah, that's it. none of the Tommy Bahama that's good it only Sorry, took 20 minutes oh. for Chase to crack himself up this episode <laughs> <laughs> ding 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 raise your hand uh, so funny that's Look, I am. but that's the thing like these these ideas are hard to say no to because they could be great ideas. There's no reason why an iPhone jetpack game couldn't be great, even though there's another one out there, Caleb. Right. And there's no yeah. reason why a cigar blog couldn't be huge, you know? Yeah. But you've got to evaluate like all the different things going on in your life and all the different aspects of yeah, running that but business. But it brings up this question of uh, like, you know, one, one angle into, because part of me is like, what's our rubric for saying no or yes to something? 
You know, so with Cigar Apprentice, it was a failure of a lifestyle. I, I didn't want to live this life, you know, to, yeah. to smoke cigars all the time. Yeah. And to be honest, I didn't really have to, to, to make that successful. And I still could write that book and sell it for $9. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but there's a, there was a failure. There was a lifestyle thing that I didn't like mm-hmm. that for uh, the game thing. It makes me think of we talked. I talked to a fizzler last night at the San Francisco meetup um, who essentially got like kind of shoved out of the market, so, so to speak, by, by competition mm-hmm. in some ways. So competition can be a uh, not only as something to look at as you're validating or looking for. Is this a good idea or not? Mm-hmm. But something that could make you feel like I can't do this anymore or I have to try this based on whether or not there is or isn't competition out there. So, yeah. Kayla, with your game, say you were months, say you were a month away from launching, and then that other jetpack game comes out, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it gets successful, and then you're coming playing second fiddle to that thing. Well, there's no reason why you couldn't still be successful, right? You know, but it also might not be the kind of thing. Okay, well, let's regroup, and how can we change this now? We could turn it into a bird instead of, and then you make flappy birds or something. <laughs> you know, who knows? But but the idea being, um, you know, for this fizzler, because of some delays that happen. A couple people came into the market with like free tools to do what he was paying for. Well, that kind of shows there might be, an, that, like that can happen at any time. Yeah. You know, that can happen with Fizzle. If someone wants to put together really, you know, on point business training and a community of 1,500, you know, putting their ass on the line people trying to build an independent business who can all talk on this level and they want to do that totally for free, they could totally do that right now. Yeah. The thing is, is we've, we've watched people try to do these businesses and, and then they can't, and then they give up. Yeah. Because it's Even a lot, very it's very tough. People. Yeah. It's super hard. Yep. You know, so that's what keeps the competition out of this, so to speak. Even though there's guys like lynda.com or Treehouse who are doing something very similar, but in a different, in a different niche, in a different market in some ways, you yeah. know? Um, so anyways, just, just the, throughout the course, maybe if we, of this conversation, if we see something that could be a helpful little tool or a gear or lever for, is this a good idea? Should I say yes or no to this? Yeah. These sorts of things are the levers that we can pull to see yeah. if it is or isn't. Yeah, totally. Some sort of evaluation matrix you make up so for yourself. So for me, the lifestyle stuff, what does it look like? Jason Glaspie and his founder story ha- still has this thing that sticks with me, uh, where he tells a story of what uh, uh, what does it look like if this becomes really successful? Like, is this a 20-person company? In order for the, if this idea, if you live to serve this, does idea, this involve you having to travel around? Yeah, to different you're traveling. And, yeah. You have to live in one place all the time. Yep. So you have to work yourself out of the job and yep. hire someone else early on or something like. So just being able to think through what does this idea look like, mm-hmm. really successful, um, could mean you know either from lifestyle or from direction or from a lot of different ra- reasons why. Like you know what, that's actually not the one for me. Yeah. Um, same thing with looking at competition. Is this something that, you know, could, someone could do for free? And then even if it is still, it it could, it'd still be worthwhile. Everybody can say, like Google can just say, all right, we're going to be in the, in the something, something space now. And then put you out of business. Walmart can say, okay, we're going to start selling this. It doesn't mean they're going to put you out of business though. Yeah. But it does, it does not mean that. That's, that's the point. It's like, we can all be afraid of that. And we should have a little bit of, of, you know, naturalistic sort of terror that, yeah, there are bad guys and fucking. Pterodactyls yeah. and out there that can swoop down, but at the same time, the chances are pretty low of that. And even if it does happen, it doesn't mean that you're going to fail. It could mean that you pivot into a more specialized market or right. something like that. So we've been talking about ideas a lot and sort of evaluating ideas, but this kind of assumes that maybe you don't have other stuff going on, and it turns out that it's just not the right idea for you. But what about opportunities and things that come up 
that that could be very good, but you've just got other things going on and you have to say no for some reason. So yeah. I'll, I'll just give an example. Um, this uh, spring, I was asked to speak, and um, this was a a good opportunity for a well known uh, event or a well known person who is throwing a new event. And um, I really wanted to say yes, but for lifestyle reasons, it cut into my time in Mexico. It was right sort of at the end of that time that I yeah. would be there, meaning I would have had to cut it short. It was very close to my wife's birthday um, and very close to an important anniversary that we had. And I think, you know, it's okay sometimes to say no to that sort of thing yeah. when it's going to mess up your life. Because what's the whole point of running a business like this, right? It's so that you can live your life and enjoy yourself and whatever. And I'm not saying that you should say no to all those opportunities, but it's okay once in a while to, you know, to put the, you know, cup down, step back, relax a little bit and, yep. um, and not feel like you have to do everything like 24 seven all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I find, I find it for me, like, like anytime I leave town, like I have to wonder, I hate my mind immediately goes to like, okay, now this is going to screw up my wife's plans. Yeah. Cause now she has to do out of double or duty whatever. or this or the other, you yep. know? So, um, I have, that's just a cost that's built into any time I say yes to anything that takes me out of the house. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, or away from town for a little while. And there's, so there's, it's just like everything costs something. The question is, is it worth, is it worth it to pay yeah. that cost? Yeah. You know, here's another example. Um, we were asked to include fizzle videos in a, um, bigger training library, mm-hmm. uh, for universities. And it was a royalty based thing. And over, the years, I think it would add up to something somewhat significant. Remember, we were talking about this a yeah. while back. Mm-hmm. So we started pursuing it, and um, you know, it, it seemed like a good opportunity, but it ended up that uh, we were going to have to, um, you know, get waivers from everyone who had been in any piece of content. Make sure that we had that all buttoned down. Yeah, um, have a bunch of like legal things like signed and executed contracts and things like that. And then to kind of prep our content in a way that would make it work for that library. Yeah. And we added all that stuff up. And I think even still, it probably would have penciled out to a profit, even with the time that we had to invest. But then we just look at the other things that we have going on and you evaluate like, well, if I spent the, you know, if we as a team spent the 80 or 100 hours or whatever it would take to do all of this stuff, yeah. how much would we earn from that versus spending 80 or 100 hours on some other project that we have loosely defined? Yeah. And we just decided that there were other things that other projects that we're working on that are more important. Yeah. And um, you kind of have to evaluate that sort of stuff all the time when you're building a business because time is a fine resource. When you're resource. building a business. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Oh, that he was, was just waiting for it. Oh, so funny. He was sitting. He was sitting there going, "Uh huh, uh huh. Keep going. Uh huh, uh huh. Here it comes. Here it comes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Home run." <laughs> it's funny. It reminds me of something else. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait to play that back <laughs> three or four times <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> uh, no, those are all great points. Uh, now <laughs> Thank I lost you. Whole, all track of time. What and, about energy? So, like how much energy and excitement it's, you have yeah. about something. I mean, there is a real idea. There's a real hard cost to that. I mean, there is, especially like hard costs, hard costs. We're looking for soft tips and hard costs. Uh, especially when you consider like for us, we have a real serious day job just to produce the spark line every Tuesday and the fizzle show every Friday, you know, Caleb, yep. between you and I organizing those two things and me, uh, you, you just show up whenever we tell you to, uh, you got your head in the clouds. And then tall cotton pal. Yep. Well, and <laughs> yep. courses and founder stories and 
yeah so then you add on top of that happy hours we decide to throw at the last minute and yep. yeah but but and so it's it's this real interesting balance between uh, uh you know coming to things fresh and getting bogged down in the details burning out and all this other stuff uh <clears throat> that yeah anything anything we say yes to like i i've been traveling for a uh, i'm down here because i had a cousin's wedding in Cabo San Lucas and with my whole family. And so it's like, okay, and then I'll spend a week here with my wife. And then I've got another thing coming up in a week with my grandpa. And like all of those things have real costs to them associated with them because I have to publish a podcast every Friday. You yeah. know what I mean? We, and we have, I have to do the work to get us all on the, on the same page and have things recorded and do all this other stuff. Yeah. And in the past we've batched everything and it, it, we, we, there's ways that can be better or worse yeah. for actually navigating that. But the point being, um, when you get when you get into a level where when you have anything like that in your life where you, where, or for your business where you have these requirements it's going to have an impact on your energy to say yes to to anything that takes you away from that mm-hmm. because if this starts being the thing that keeps you from do, saying yes to a bunch of stuff that you really will like to say yes to as well then you got to ma- you got to manage both those things because over the long haul what does that mean yep you know so uh but i think what is Caleb were you meaning more like you have an idea and there's a certain level of energy and excitement yeah. to that idea and that kind of influences whether or not you say yes yeah and that actually influences a lot of how we decide what we're going to work on like when you wanted to bring Starlog the Matters in, you were just excited about it. You're like, I'm just going to do it. And yeah. then like a couple of days later, you're like, hey guys, I did this thing. And it was because you like were energized by it. Yeah. that idea. It makes the work easy because yeah. you can just bang it out. And so sometimes you have to move ideas up that you're more excited about and push stuff off that you're maybe not <laughs> as excited about. We're banging it out. We're pushing it up. Yep. We're <laughs> pushing Getting things excited. off. Yeah, get, get get it off there. Home run. Get it off there. Make the home run. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Yeah, so it's good. These are all. These are these are tingly. These are tingly words. Totally. So we. Uh, so we've talked about chewable. when to say They're no. Chewable. We've talked about when to say no. Is there any interesting stuff to talk about regarding how to say no? Is this specifically? Are we saying like when you when you said how to say no, Caleb? Were you thinking like let's say there's a partnership opportunity mm-hmm. with someone who matters to you? But you need to say no to that person. Yeah, well, there's like, at what point do you say no? Like, do you just blatantly say no? Or do you find out more information so you can make a better decision? Then it's like, how do you word it so that you're not being rude? Um, I don't know. There's a lot of different ways to take this. Hmm. <laughs> well, gesundheit. That's one way. That's one That's way. One way is you just sneeze it out. <laughs> Boom. Which way? Pick one. Let's go. Pick- Let's dive in. So would you like find out more information? Like when you got approached to speak at a conference or something and you, you thought maybe no was what you were going to say, but mm. you like, you find out more information first and then you say no, you know? Um, yes, I think so. I found, yeah, more information. I think there's a tipping point for any idea where it becomes just, you know, undeniable. Like you're like, yes, we have to do that. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So sometimes the yeah the um the answer is in the details like whether you're going to say yes or no depends you know if it's like oh well I want you to do the keynote for this event then yeah. you're like okay yeah that's worth it yeah. I'm going to do that yeah and I don't know how you weigh those things I I mean if you're really analytical about it I guess you do a weighted average decision matrix yeah like um, some have been known to like do. some have been known uh or you know you do a pros and cons list or you are just hashing it out with your spouse or whatever and it seems like there's a tipping point there yeah at some point yeah a lot yeah. of people in my various mastermind groups that's where they kind of hash out those ideas like i've been approached by xyz they want mm. me to do this like these are the conditions and 
they just want to hear the people talk about it basically yeah, yeah. so it can be so valuable to to pull out to jump out of the emotion layer of things and just go up one level because when someone asks me to do anything, like I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, be, I'm a golden retriever. I'm be like so excited and fired up. Yeah. Like, wow. Oh, how did you, you want me? Yes. Yeah. You want me? This yeah. is wonderful. Yeah. You know, like that's that's gonna be a natural response for all of us. Yeah. Until you get to some level where it's like you're Gary Vaynerchuk and everybody wants me or something. I don't know. Yeah. But like it's like expect that it's emotional. Mm-hmm. It's an emotional. It feels good to be wanted. It feels amazing. Yeah. Right. So you got to expect that. But then. If you can have like in a mastermind group or with a spouse yep. or with a buddy, anyone, you know, to be able to have a level of or sort put, of or put yourself in CEO mode. Yeah. You know, where you're forced to evaluate just on the merits, not on the emotional. Aspect. It's literally like you could just like pretend you're you're talking to Derek Halpern. He's like, I would never do that. That's such a stupid idea. It's stupid. Why would you do that? Yeah, and I then would you'd be never, like, oh, yeah. ever, 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 <laughs> never, never, ever. I'd never, ever do that. <laughs> you know? And then you're like, oh, yeah, that is dumb. Because you could start there and then you could try to convince this character in your head. Yeah. That like. No, this is a good idea. Well, see if you actually have an argument for that. So if you don't have any spouse or friends or someone to talk to, yeah. well, first of all, you could just shoot me an email. Well, and you can say, you could do the five whys on anything that you're yeah. going to say yes to. Well, why do you want to do that? Why mm-hmm. is that a good idea? Well, yeah. why? Why? And just keep asking until you get to the bottom of it. Yeah. And sometimes your arguments are empty. Maybe it's just ego-driven. Yeah. Uh, it just count on it being ego-driven. Yeah. Like, we're all driven. Like we and all sometimes that's that. okay. We do a lot of things just... On the team yeah. here, we do a lot of things that are ego driven that maybe don't really add up to any impact to the company. Yep. Bottom line, but sometimes that's important just to do there's, something. Yeah, there's for fulfillment the fun of it. there. Yeah. There's fulfillment if you say, "I really want to do this thing." I don't care if it's traffic or revenue inducing, even yeah. if I believe that it will be, and yeah. then it's not. It was still satisfying to make that thing because yeah. it felt like it was a, a so right give yourself thing. like enough passes on doing that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know. Yeah. No. So. um Wait, what were we? What's this? We were this talking. This is like how to say no. So how to say no? So getting up a level from the emotions layer into a little bit more of an intelligent yeah. dialogue. So this is kind of how to come to the decision to say yeah. no in your head. And that, in and of itself, will be uh, is an is can help you say no to something. Because mm-hmm. if you can say to someone, because so oftentimes we're getting asked via email to be on a podcast or something like that, right? So we one of the first things that I'll do is just pull up the podcast. Okay, is it? Does it exist yet? Yeah. You know, is it, is there a WordPress page that says hello world on it? This is your first post, Mm. (laughs) you know, the stock WordPress thing, or have they shipped some episodes? Is this something that exists? Do they have a kind of, you know, are are there people paying attention to this thing? Right. So that's an example of, okay, this thing that I've been asked to do, is there actually, do they have actually any reach? Yep. You know, so that, that could be good because you there's a, there are phys, there are real hard costs to so this then, stuff. So then, how do you say no? Let's say you decided in your yeah. mind that this isn't worth doing. How do you say no to that person? So uh, if it, if it's a podcast, for example, that doesn't it isn't launched yet, then I'll be like I'll be like, hey, this is this is great. I like the idea of the podcast because typically I do, uh, and I'd love to be on it because typically I would. And I say, you know what? Get, get in touch with me in a couple months when when you've released some stuff. I'm, I'm yeah. super busy right now. So it's a no, but. It's a no, but, or, yep. or like, you know, I learned a lot from the Seth Godin thing where it's like, I'm super swamped right now. I can't get back to your email, but I wanted to say, thanks. Like yeah. It, you, when Be you grateful. Get, Give, when you get that email some from gratitude. someone, yeah. like, and it, it, you, even if you did read the email or you didn't or whatever, yeah. like normally I'll read, yeah. I'll read it all. And I'll say, I'm super swamped right now and I just can't get to this, but, but I, I know what you mean about the whole yeah. when know. I, when I got like busy enough that I started to have to say no more and more often, I went back and looked at the handful of responses I'd gotten from Seth Godin on various things yeah, and borrowed from that 
yeah. little bit. And he always I think you must have told me about that because I don't know if I've seen it anywhere as a tactic. Yeah, I think over the over the years I had written Seth two or three times about something, you know, like, hey, I, I've got this thing going on. Like mm-hmm. I mentioned you in it, you know, if you want to check it out, you know, here's the yeah. link or whatever. And uh, he'd write back something like, oh, thanks so much. I, you know, I appreciate the mention. I'm super swamped, but keep up the good work. Yeah. He said something like that or but, you know, thanks so much. I really appreciate it or whatever. Like he ended with a little bit of gratitude or a little bit of like kudos. Uh huh. And encouragement. Um, encouragement. And I think that goes a long way, just that sentiment yeah. when you write somebody back. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can put yourself in the skin or in the shoes of the person who sent you that email, yeah, and just kind of give them a little prod that like, hey, I see what you're doing and I, and I admire it. So, And just think about the responses that you've gotten and which ones have made you feel positive Literally, about yeah, that. pay attention. Because yeah. when you're getting emails yeah. and something stands out yeah. in a good way, yep. like that's just that's something we've been, yeah, get it. Pay attention to that. Make it your own. Because these are copywriting gold mines for not just for emails, but for lots of stuff. Another thing that I uh, read recently, and I apologize to whoever wrote this because it was really interesting. Um, there was a study about people uh, using different language when they say no. So imagine if you're going to say no to somebody and you have two choices. You can either say, I can't do that, or you can say, I don't do that. And when you say, I don't do that as a rule, it's much easier for you to follow through and to have the courage to actually say no. And it's much easier for the people to accept that. Hmm. So it's like the negotiation tactic when you're saying like, you know, my boss just won't move on this when you don't have a boss, you know, or like the corporate policy won't yeah. allow us to something like that. Yeah. It just removes it from it's my fault to it's the policy's fault. It's just the policy. It's the yeah. shareholder's fault. It's the boss's fault. And I'm not fault. saying you should necessarily make it up. And also you have to be careful to not violate that in a way that these people see that you are making something up or lying about it. So for example, as a rule, Chase, you could say, I don't do, I, I don't appear as a guest on a podcast before a podcast is launched. Yeah. And you could make that a rule. And then so. that's so easy to say no to. You just say, I'm sorry, I don't do that. Yeah. As a rule. Yeah. And people are like, oh, no problem. I'll reach out to you after the podcast totally. is launched. And that's fine. But then when some mucky muck comes to you and says, I'm about to launch a podcast, would you be a guest? Then you have to be careful about considering it or at least making sure that it's going to be launched by the time yeah. you come on or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I can always add more rules. Yeah. Always I don't do add podcasts more rules. with <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So do you guys actually, usually say. Seems to be the only people I do podcasts with. Yeah. <laughs> do you usually say why when you say no? I like to give a reason why. Okay. Um, I don't think. Well, ultimately, like half, most of the time, it doesn't matter. Right. So I mean, let's say what's, it, guest, what's the cost like of someone that? Someone sends a guest post or someone sends something they want to partner with you on or they want to be an affiliate or whatever. Like, do you say why not? It's a sticky, it's a sticky it can, situation yeah, it because you have to be yeah. careful about the reasons that you give because then it can turn into a bit of a negotiation almost. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay, you said you can't do it because you don't have enough time. Well, I'll make it I'll really easy for, for you. you and, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you have to be kind of careful about that. Um, but I do like to give a reason why if it's if it's reasonable and if there's maybe some opportunity to do something else. Or if they write back um, again the and ask why, will you tell? Yeah. yeah, I mean, if it's somebody that that you know you're interested in for this, that, and the other, or it's a good relationship or something like that, and you just don't want to burn the bridge, you never mm-hmm. want to burn bridges. There's delicate ways to do it, but people aren't necessarily all that fragile, and those who are aren't the kind of people that you want to stay in real close proximity yeah. to. Yeah, you know. So if you say something, hey, as a rule, I just don't do this, or I got to say no to this right now, but it's something I'd be interested in the future, or thanks for the post. Uh, right now, it's not really working for us, but don't take it, don't take it rough. Like this is this is just where we are in our publishing calendar right now. I'll be yeah. back in touch. Yeah, in time. 
like that that in and of itself and just matter of fact the regular old like you know what you've got a whole machine of of you got a whole line of machines and presses going on back here and i got to get back to the people who are doing the work and make sure that this all runs runs smoothly so yeah. I, all i have time for to say right now is it's just matter of fact unfortunately it's not working right now but that's okay you know yeah i get back in and and work because that's real life is real give and take stuff so I, totally. I i would encourage people not to be too like Oh man, Joyce, how do I do that? I really don't want to. Because the truth is, if Seth Godin asks you to be on his f- podcast, there's no way you're saying no. Right. No matter you're how no, many you know, episodes, nobody, even if you're number one. Yeah. It, no, nobody's saying no to that. Yeah. You know, the truth is, you're saying no because you don't know who this person is, what they're capable of, and if they're going to do anything, if they're going to fizzle out after a couple of weeks. And yep. then you wasted an hour and a half because you prepared and you were there on time. Yeah. Cut lunch short early. You got your espresso beforehand. But maybe you, you created you know, a fan for life. Maybe that person's going to end up being something down the road and they're going to totally. remember that you did them a favor. So it's not that you should say no all the time. And, and yeah. And I, and I guess we're, we're, we're really focusing on the whole, on the whole saying no thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, and but because it's a really important skill to learn to say no, and I think I, you know, I wish there was a study on this, and maybe we should uh, survey the fizzle audience or something just to look at the people who make progress versus the people who don't, and how focused people are in general. Because um, it just it there's only so much you can do every day, yeah. and you have to learn to say no if you're going to get the things done that really matter. Yeah. And so many of us just don't flex that muscle because. We don't want to offend someone, you know. We don't want to step on any toes or yep. burn any bridges or miss out on any opportunities. That's the other thing. There's that whole um, FOMO, fear yep. of missing out thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge point. And but but at the same time, like, and I would I would say the next point I do have to make though is like say yes to more things. Try that for a little while and see what happens. <laughs> Learn what the hard, hard costs are of it. Yeah, maybe they aren't. Maybe they don't exist. Yeah, you know. But I know a lot of people who have been on a lot of different podcasts, like been interviewed a hundred different times. Just because they work in that scene, but they don't they don't make money doing the thing that they're, they're they're like they're good at creativity. They're good at this, that and the other. And they don't really have a great business yet or something like that. But they've been on a million podcasts. And so maybe they don't have that business yet because they've been on too many damn podcasts. Maybe right. I don't know. But but also now they have a network of people. They have they have reached through those people that they're continuing to be on those shows and all that stuff. Yep. So say yes to stuff for a while. Uh, I mean, when in doubt, say yes. Unless, unless, but, but you got, if, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I go back and forth yeah. too, because as I yeah. say that, I'm like, you know what? I mean, first of all, say yes to every podcast interview and say yes to every f-ing email. Like just get back to every email, just write it back. Even if it's some swamp right now, I didn't have a time to do it. I, I like that. I like that as a principle. You know, we all have too much email. So, but, but guys like Seth and Gary Vaynerchuk are just making it a principle and a value statement to say like, this is still humans on the other side. Yeah. Like yeah. connecting to me. And even though my tribe is super big. Bigger than most people, like these are considerate, brave people, Mm -hmm. and they're getting in touch with me, and that's a valuable point of contact. And even if I can't go directly to the heart of the issue with them, I can say, "I got your email. Really wish I had more time to to say more." Yeah, you know. But but like there is something to this whole this fear of missing out can lead to saying yes to the wrong things, but also you know uh, a, a you know whatever like white knuckling your business idea. That may or may not work because you're too used to saying no to everything else. Yeah, I don't know. There's you can glorify, you can make golden calves of either of these. Yeah, you glorify either of them. Yep. That's why getting out of the emotional level and up onto that like intelligent discourse about this opportunity thing yeah. can be so valuable. And maybe that's a huge tactic. Maybe that's something we should 
I mean, if you can do this, have someone that you're able to talk to about this and that they're able to talk to you about these sorts of things. Hey, you got five minutes. I got asked to do something. I'd like to talk it through with you. Yeah. Then they can just they can play devil's advocate. They can try to get you out of emotion zone and make intelligent decisions. What about um, maybe defining some amount of discretionary time or discretionary yeses that you can give in your business to say like, you know what? I'm going to say yes to two things a week or I'm going to spend five hours a week doing appearances or whatever. Or, or like or, looking at conferences or in a year. Or fun projects. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, you get to choose too. Yeah, exactly. And limiting that. Mm-hmm. And so that makes you a little bit more, you know, um, discriminatory about which ones you're going to do. Yeah. Uh, but it still lets you do those things and still lets you know that I still have 90% of my time to do the things that I need to be doing. Right. right I just did something similar to that, which is, you know, setting aside a time each Friday afternoon if someone wants a meeting or to interview me and i Mm -hmm. just i'm using schedule once which is a service that a lot of people use in the podcasting realm kind of to like schedule interviews and stuff and so i just set aside you know the couple hours every friday afternoon and you want to meet with me that's when i do it and i don't do it the rest of the time i like that and then if it's booked it's booked my time yeah and if it's booked it's booked booked. and if it's no one books me great but it's that's when i do those things it's kind of like having a policy it's like i only do them on this day at this time. Like I know yeah. John Lee Dumas only interviews people for his podcast on Mondays. Monday. Yeah. All day. You know, and, eight yeah, eight totally. people in a row, you know, half hour on, half hour off for the whole day. And, and that's a big be, deal. If you can't make a Monday work, you know, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna be a guest. Yeah. 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 That's a big deal because you might be able to say yes to a lot more things if you were just better at organizing your time. Yeah. And, you know, don't discount how disruptive it is to have one meeting every day for an hour I in the afternoon it. in the like middle of least favorite your, thing in the middle of your productive time. Here's something that I do. I have, I mean, I have a shot of espresso every day at 1 PM, yep. normally at Cova in Portland. So if you wanted to stalk me, that'd be a good place to do it. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, anybody who gets in touch is like, you know, there's a lot of people in Portland that I want to have meetings with. So you Close, say, I'll be there. Friends. I'll, I'll be there. Like, Stop by. Dude, can you, any day, any day this week at one, could you make it to Cova for 30 minutes? That's cool. So I just says like a 30 minute break. It's the only time I get out of the house during the day. Yep. And it's like a little sacred, you know, I I will waste as much 30 minutes there as I possibly can. Yeah. Because 30 it's, I'll take 29, but if I can get 32, it's even better. I really have a hard time believing that you literally have a limit. I, well, I set my alarm. (laughs) Do you? Yeah. That's why this has been fun. I'll see you later. (laughs) Yeah. I do. Like, and I'll be upfront with people. Like, nice like, talking to you, Barack. I gotta go. <laughs> Barnock. What's your name again? Sir? Thanks, Obama. Thanks. Do the between two ferns. I'm still oh, losing it so good. in my head. Every time I think of it, I still I like lose it. I know. I just love when he pushes it back on How does Zach. It feel like, to be the last black president. <laughs> like, who asks that? And then he rags on the Hangover. Oh, so oh, good. So good. Yeah. So good. It is. They just so... start talking about Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Like, I need how, to watch that again. That is the smartest PR move a president oh, has ever yeah. made for for twenty to thirty something. And a lot of people say that's the dumbest PR movie he's ever made. I I, I mean, how does it hurt him though? I mean, I maybe on the I don't know. It, anyway, I think it's fascinating politics. That's the world we live in. That's politics in a nutsack. We're all going. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't even seen that episode. You're just going. Oh, I have. Oh, so good. Oh, it's so fucking funny. That's <laughs> oh, good. Uh, Caleb, have you seen the, the, the Silicon Valley show yet? Yeah, I'm actually watching it. It's really funny. I've only done the first episode. We did the first episode here last I've night. I've watched the first three of, there's five out it's, at the time it's of recording It's pretty funny. This. 
It's I so good. Wait. It's good. I can't wait to watch more. Is it's, it in the first episode or it's maybe the second? It's about like changing the name and like all the names that come up of no, no, that no. Are oh God, we gotta watch that. I just love that have. the first episode is called Minimum Viable Product. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the best. They just nail it. It's the best. They just nail it. So should we talk about uh, when to say yes? Well, we've got like let's say we can do like a a ten minute sort of Ugh. twelve minute rapid fire sort of thing here. You can't restrict us. I'm restricting you. I'm like a pair of briefs right now. I am wearing briefs. I do find briefs extremely liberating. You're also wearing pants. They pull God. everything together. Yeah, it's all there. Yeah, sure. And there's no like big, you know. There's no like bunching up <laughs> down there. It's like, oh God, can you imagine wearing boxers? Yeah. Instead of boxers, like who can wear boxers? Yeah. This, they don't just. This is kind of like a Jeff Foxworthy bit, except there would be a the punchline. Contingency we could possibly <laughs> is lose the- is like. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's half or half. Well. It's not half. No, no, no. Because I'm not talking 90%. boxer briefs. I'm not yeah. talking boxer briefs. I'm talking boxers. Old school, just like that crappy ass stiff boxers. cotton. Yeah. Boxers. Yeah. Like the, you know, the things they make jammies out of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and like they're, they're short to wear those? Huge wide legs on those things. Yep. And you pull up your pants. Yeah. And what's going to happen? The bunch. They're going to bunch. <laughs> Of course your of course your boxers are gonna bunch. I know. We just They're have a rant episode that like no one has to actually listen to, but we just record it and it's just we yes. need to pick like four things. We should have about. an episode called Do Not Listen to This Episode. <laughs> and they'll have the most downloads. Oh, yeah. we should allow ourselves that. It's been a year. Oh yeah. Maybe for our actual anniversary. About a two hour long Negroni cast. All yes. of us in the same room. Just red face. And it's just literally in caps, do not listen to this do episode. Not listen. Oh my gosh. Especially if you're a midget. <laughs> or if you if you have if you're or, racially inclined in any way, or you or wear regular any, boxers. If you're a president of the United States, certainly do not listen to this. Yes. Oh man, oh, that's a gonna really be good. Title. It's gonna be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a long ass. Just title. a bunch of asterisks everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do let's do some rapid fire here. So you brought up maybe what did what was a bit you said? Well, uh, about saying yes. I mean, we've been just poo pooing everything so far. There's a lot of poo poo here. There's a, I don't know if I see any tall cotton. There's a lot of poop and no tall t- tall cotton. That's true. Let's find. Because what have we said so far? One. We've said it's important that you focus. I guess that's what's underlining here. Yeah. We know it's so important that you focus on the things. That you have to do because your time and your resources yeah. are limited. Your ideas are unlimited. Yeah. Okay. So pick one. Yep. And get her done. Yeah. But let's say you're so focused and so heads down, yep. you just get used to saying What's no to the everything. Cost of that? Yeah. How do you know when something comes along that's so good that you need to do it? That maybe something that's even so good that you need to drop everything you're working on to pursue it. So does that uh, ever happen? Uh, well, you know, like we were asked recently, and we probably shouldn't say anything about it specifically. Yeah. To do a thing. At an important event coming up here in a few months. Yep. And we, 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 we knew, like, we talked about it and it took about two seconds of us talking about it to be like, yeah, yeah this is a no brainer. Yeah. This is a no brainer. Even though that's going to take us weeks of work, weeks of work yeah. preparation. Yeah. And if we really want to make the most of it, it's going to be like months of work right. before and after. Except we have other things that take months of work coming up. <laughs> yeah. So, so this is the kind of thing that just comes right in and, yeah, you know, but, Every once in a while, because what, so what do we have there? What what makes this like that? There's reach to to new people. Yep. There's connection with existing people. Yep. There's a a, a piece of a thing for us to put into Fizzle afterwards, like an actual piece of content, a new yep. course, a new video thing yep. that's going to be sensational that we all get to work on yep. together, which There's is a rare the thing. Cachet of of being associated with the event. Yep. So if for all of these reasons, it's like getting an email from Seth Godin saying, "Hey, would you like to be on my podcast?" We have. Four million d- downloads every week. 
and but it's not launched yet and but it's not launched yet <laughs> but you're gonna be the first guest uh but that, and i know that, that you don't do those but so you what are this. we talking about i mean i'm just trying to like navigate why uh not another thing that this is a great reason why this is a great opportunity because it's right in our wheelhouse mm-hmm. like we hey do this thing you can do anything you want within this thing well now we get the excitement because we have about 10 things that, that we like could do, do in that time slot. yeah yeah you know so so what do we want to do because this is what we do for a living yeah this is what this is what we do yeah you know and we get to do it in front of people with people making you know it's with so that, vague all those kinds of things that it could be anything sexual that you want to take this in. yeah yeah i don't i don't come down to where you work <laughs> not even what? gonna beep that <laughs> not even gonna beep it <laughs> oh that was good that felt good right it did a little liberating um but so what i'm trying to do is i'm trying to dissect why did why was it a no-brainer for us to say yes to that even though it sidetracks some of the things that we hear strictly focused and committed to mm-hmm. you know it's because you know the the numbers are there in terms of reach uh the cachet look at you you're so pleased with yourself i'm looking at carmen no, he's sitting, like, sitting back he doesn't have to yeah i'm just kicking back yeah <laughs> boom that was a core bomb <laughs> <laughs> he boomed himself <laughs> He said he said some shit, and then he went boom. That was a corb bomb. This f-ing guy said some shit, boomed himself, and then invented a new, a new classification of bombs. That's right. Unbelievable. You know what? I think I'm going to let it stand. <laughs> okay. I think I'm going to let it stand. I think we've just had our first corp bomb. This aggression will not stand, man. <laughs> this aggression will not stand, man. Caleb's sitting there, like looking at his list of things that he still wants to cover, and just like watching, watching. I think he's looking at the clock, away. just waiting for this whole charade to end. <laughs> and I'm wondering if Corbett's going to say "bomb himself" bar at the end of the episode. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> oh wow. Okay, so um, I'm what I, again. What I'm trying to do is dissect what makes this a good opportunity. So here's some things to look at. What are the levers or the or the the, the bits in the spreadsheet that you can weigh things against? Uh, how many new people are going to hear about you, and what context are they going to hear about you in? Is it extremely positive if someone like? Uh, <laughs> Let's see. What would be a good example? I guess we keep saying Seth Godin, so I should stick with that. If someone like Seth Godin's going to have you on his <laughs> podcast, and then he's going to be, the thing I like about your business is you're really, really good at X, Y, and Z. You are basically the guy at X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So tell me how you, be- and if Seth Godin says that about you, you know, you better believe there's going to be some serious repercussions. I mean, I think, yeah, and I, I mean, that's positive, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe you don't need, it It doesn't necessarily need to be like Seth Godin or Gary Vaynerchuk asking never you is. to do this thing. Or whatever. It could just be somebody you know who has an audience that's three times the size of yours. Or just in a different market or something. And you just have a feeling that it's going to move the needle. You know what I mean? In terms of, so this opportunity could make a noticeable bump in the trajectory of my business or in our revenue. You know what this makes me think of? uh, Chris Johnson's founder story, which is still like one of... There's a bunch of great founder stories, but, uh, and you should know founder stories are interviews that we've done long in-depth interviews that we've done with people inside of fizzle, uh, founders of other companies. And Chris Johnson's is essentially a master class in sales. It's so good. Chris but Johnson talk- of Simplifilm. Of Simplifilm.com. He talks about at one point, um, not, it's not the 10, 10, 10 thing. It is the, um, it's not just like, so. We all know that to, yeah, like you mentioned Oprah, Caleb. I think he even mentioned this by name. 
you can't like the the impact that it would have on your business to be featured on Oprah. What is that number? What's the impact look like? Mm-hmm. And then what's the likelihood of that happening? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those two numbers balance themselves out. Yeah. You can reach 8 million homes mm-hmm. by being on Oprah. But you have a but your likelihood zero, 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 is 0.1%. Point, yeah, yeah. Something, something, right? Yeah. But you could reach uh, 10,000 people in this specific niche if you're on The Fizzle Show or Pat Flynn's Ask Pat podcast or something like yeah. that, right? And the likelihood of you being featured there is a very different number or right. something like that, right? So that is one way to look Evaluate at... And now this is this is yeah. different. This is what I like this a lot better than just waiting for yes, things to say yes and no to come yeah. into. This is what I love so much about Chris's way he runs his organization is it's looking intentionally mm-hmm. at what are the opportunities. And not only that, but he doesn't wait for stuff to come to him. He looks at those and then says, I'm going to go after that opportunity. Yeah. He wanted to work with Apple. Yeah. So he just hounded it down, hounded it down, hounded and it, it down. Happened. And it happened. Yeah. He wanted to he wanted to do this and the other. He's got on his list of 10, 10, 10, he's got a Super Bowl ad. He wants to make a Super Bowl ad. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, they just crossed like five things off the 10, 10, 10 this year. Yep. So it's like the guy has an intention and he heads that way. He's like the Terminator. He's <laughs> keeps melting, turn, melting, <laughs> but he and just won't stop turning it. And it's like in his arms of huge like knife thing. Yeah, and Edward Furlong has to run from him constantly. <laughs> Nobody. That was an obscure <laughs> reference. He kept going deeper into the. It was an obscure bomb. <laughs> Terminator you know, Two. Everybody, the reference. Right there. <laughs> I didn't. I have so no IMDb laptop in bomb. front of me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Caleb, would you you from where you are. There are some holes in this thing that I feel like we still haven't patched up. Are, are there, or, or is there anything else we actually do need to say? Well, we talked about when you should say no, when you should say yes, how to properly say no. We haven't really talked about how to say yes to things. Do you just oh, say... Oh, how to say yes? Yeah, I'm up for it. Or You know, you know what? Um, I would add a caveat there. I think it's really easy to jump in and say yes to things without um, maybe getting a little more out of the opportunity than you might be offered at first. Okay. So, so negotiating not, before you say yes? Yeah, exactly. It's not a bad idea to, instead of just saying yes and taking everything at face value, to realize, like, you know, if somebody asks you to do something, they might be doing, they might be lowballing you a little bit. You know what I mean? Versus, so if somebody asks you to be on their podcast or something, maybe you could ask to spend five minutes talking about something specifically that you want to. Yeah. Or maybe you could do some cross promotion or something. Or if somebody asks you to speak at an event, Maybe you could at least get your travel expenses paid for, or maybe yeah. you could get some speaker fees. Instead of just saying yes at face value, it doesn't hurt because they already want you there. Yeah. And they already asked you to do something. And when someone asks you to do something, they're likely to say yes if you ask them to do something. It's this reciprocity thing that happens mm-hmm. in negotiations. So it doesn't hurt to ask for something. And, and I before, don't think- before you say yes to anything, you just got to read the secret and, and like, uh, you know, understand that the the future is always yes, and the reality is always right now, and the universe is good in nature, and then the reciprocity really starts coming and flowing your way because it recognizes it. I wish that people could see a uh, video of you because you have a tell when you're totally full of <laughs> like you, your little under your mustache, like your upper lip does this little thing. It's a total tell. <laughs> really? Yeah. Normally, I've told just, you that before. It's the pleased with my. You have, yeah. yeah. It's the pleased. With, I just, I get so pleased with myself when I'm, when I'm like heading down some path. I'm like, you get Ooh, a twinkle going? in your eye. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What's happening? I get excited. Like now we're on a, now we're on an adventure. Yeah. Um, but you are right. Like the, the kind you. of given the give and take nature of you get asked for something. Okay, how do I really leverage this 
to the best of my ability and yeah, for the best just outcome. Just out a little bit of extra value. But to be honest, I don't know. That's just not not me. I mean, it's becoming more me as we, as there's more things I have to say no or yes to. Yeah. But um, honestly, I just go go with gratitude and go with when in doubt, just go with gratitude and go with like just whatever. Yeah. What do you need? Let me help you. What do you What do you need? Like, let's just do sure, that. Sure. Let's just do that. I mean, waste some waste some hours doing that for people and and whenever whenever you can and figuring out who you are and what you're here for and what you're good at mm-hmm. because. It's. T- I mean, I don't know. You're. You. You do not know yet. Like we're all still figuring this stuff out. You know. Amen. I mean, most of us don't. Don't. Shh, don't tell our secret. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think. Yeah. But I mean, that's what I would. At the end of all of this. At the end of all of this, I would say. You know, when in doubt, just just be helpful and be gracious. When in doubt, say yes to everything that you can. That doesn't take you away from from your spouse and your family and your business too much. Like that, that's the real right answer. Do everything. That doesn't take you away too much. Yeah. You know, do everything, but don't do too much. <laughs> like, that's what I'm, that's what the oh, real right answer, answer is. God. You know, it's like everything is so murky. Pat Flynn always says, be everywhere. You got to be everywhere. What I would say is, be everywhere, unless you don't want, want really want to be. Yeah. You know, be everywhere, but don't be too many places. Yeah. Because there's always going to be this don't give and be take. So many places that none of it has any actual value. So, my summary is say yes based on energy, reach, and what it can turn into you, like basically financially or uh, like growth wise in whatever you're trying to build. Say no based on time and on energy also. And just like your gut feeling, like whether or not you think this is the right decision, like trust yourself. Know whether or not inside this is the right thing to do. Wow, I think that's pretty good. Yeah. I would say um, try this for a while, for like a month say no to everything and see how much you get done and then say yes to everything for a month and see how many opportunities come your way yep. and kind of start at both of those extremes and then dial back from one end or the other to the point that's comfortable for you I like it I've been Chase Warbin Reeves I've been Corbett bomb myself bar <laughs> there he did it and I've been Caleb Audrey <laughs> Caleb goes there he did it alright <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it fizzleshow.co slash 54 for show notes and a conversation on this episode including that Obama Between Two Ferns video with Zach Galifianakis incredible if you haven't seen it and that excellent Derek Sivers post about ideas and execution fizzleshow.co slash 54 here's an iTunes review from Outlandish Artist today's episode number 53 about getting things done in limited time has made a huge difference in my thinking We don't need to learn as much from blogs and stuff as we think. I waste so much time learning and not doing. This show is awesome, and so is their website. Well, thanks, outlandish artist. Now, listener, I could tell you to write a review because I'll read it on the air, but I think you're driven by a little deeper stuff than than that kind of superficiality. So I'll say this. When you leave an iTunes review, it helps other hopeful entrepreneurs find this show. Someone out there is putting their arse on the line over the fire. And they're burning out, and your review could be what it takes to get the show in front of them. So they can click play and hopefully realize that they're not far now, and they're also not alone. If you'd like to help us out, simply search for the show in iTunes Store and click write a review. Thanks. It's May. The flowers are blooming off the charts here in Portland, and no matter what season your business is in, you are discovering more about you, who you are, and what you're here for. Okay, so if you're in the rain, 
the blossoms will come in time. And if you're in the sun, stop and smell the f***ing roses, pal. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in. Thanks, and talk to you next Fizzle Friday.